HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by PASA Sustainable Agriculture. Learn more about PASA's 2021 virtual conference at pasafarming.org slash conference. Welcome to The Big Food Question, a podcast exploring the most urgent questions from a food industry in crisis. I'm Dylan Hoyer, a communications associate at Heritage Radio Network. Today we're asking, why did workers strike at Hunts Point? And will more essential workers follow suit? Hunts Point is the country's largest wholesale produce market, and it's in the South Bronx. Six days after walking away from negotiations with management and forming a picket line, workers popped champagne on Saturday to celebrate their new contract and put an end to their strike. As they return to their jobs distributing food to New York's grocery stores, it remains important to understand why these essential workers reached a breaking point, and whether this is the first of more food industry labor struggles to come in 2021. I only live 20 minutes away from Hunts Point, so last Thursday on the fifth day of the strike, I went to talk to people on the picket line myself. Well, we're looking at guys here uh, fighting for their future fighting for a different, you know, a decent raise, a decent salary, chance to make a decent living. That's Darren Brunner. He's the first person I met at the strike. To talk to him, I first had to squeeze through the metal barricades enclosing the picket line and blocking off the entrance to New York City's Terminal Produce Market, or Hunts Point. Darren has been an employee at Hunts Point for 31 years. We supply over 60% of the city and the surrounding area, the tri-state area. And without us, the city's not going to eat. As Darren says, Hunts Point Produce Market is responsible for distributing 60% of New York City's fresh fruits and vegetables. Close by, you'll also find Hunts Point Cooperative Meat Market and New Fulton Fish Market. Together, these comprise the Hunts Point Distribution Center, which Eater calls the single most important food hub in New York. The workers who keep the produce market running went on strike to demand a $1 an hour pay increase. If we were appreciated, we wouldn't be out here. Do we feel essential? Yes. Because like I said, we couldn't phone it in. We couldn't work from a computer. I had to get up every morning during the pandemic. Like I said, I got sick and brought it home to my family. Six employees at the produce market have died during the pandemic. And Darren is one of about 300 who got sick. We haven't had a decent raise in a while. And I think the guys are tired of it. And COVID just put like, you know, the topper, you know. 
It's like, okay, you, you want to keep giving us 15 cents, 20 cents, this and that. Now we're putting our lives on the line here. And we're, we're, we're worth more than 32 cents. We're people. Because without us, you can sell everything you want. If we're not here to move it, it's not going to get out. And, you, you know, we need you for jobs and you need us to get the work done. So let's come to a happy medium. The union members at Hunts Point voted to go on strike on Sunday, January 17th. This decision arose in the midst of negotiations with management over the renewal of their three-year contract. Of the 3,000 employees at the produce market, 1,400 are union members who formed the picket line. It's funny because a great many years, um, I wasn't involved with the union. You know, the union was just here. You know, I paid my dues and that was it. But from the last... 25 years I've gotten involved with the union. I've learned a whole, so much, you know, being with them. This is Eddie. Eddie Gill, G-I-L-L, South Bronx, New York. Eddie has worked at Hunts Point for 43 years and serves on the union's committee that was charged with negotiating a new contract. And I'm actually getting ready to retire, you know. February was supposed to be my last month here, but... Until this is resolved, I go nowhere. I'm stuck right here. Prior to the strike, union members were making between $18 and $21 an hour, earning $40,000 to $45,000 a year before overtime pay. Now, stay with me as I dig into some of the numbers that sparked this struggle. The union members on strike were demanding a $1 an hour pay increase, as well as a 60 cent increase to cover healthcare costs. So $1.60 total. The Hunts Point management originally made a counteroffer of a $0.92 increase for the first year of their three-year contract. This would have allocated only $0.32 to increased wages, and that's what drove workers to the picket line. Governor Cuomo is credited with bringing both sides back to the table on Saturday. 97% of union members ultimately voted in favor of the new contract, it stipulates a $0.70-an-hour increase for the coming year, followed by a $0.50-cent bump the year after and a $0.65-cent raise the third year of the contract. Over three years, workers will receive a $1.85 increase in pay. Plus, they'll receive a one-time $1,300 bonus. And they'll be given better health care benefits without covering the cost of the increase themselves. Their strike was the first at Hunts Point in 35 years, and it has led to the biggest pay increase in 30 years. Eddie has been around long enough to remember the last picket line, although he wasn't working at the time. Ooh, wow. I couldn't tell you too much about that because I had just got laid off from a job, and, you know, I was out of work, so... But I do remember the strike, you know. Um, I didn't really participate in it because... Um, about for six months, I had left the market and I was working somewhere else. But yeah, I do remember the guys being on strike. You know, so I like after that, and I've been here after that. The last strike led to produce shortages across the city. One article from the New York Times, published in January 1986, is titled "During Strike at Key Market, Pineapple Becomes Precious." It recounts the journeys New York grocers were taking to Philadelphia produce markets to load up on everything from asparagus to apples because of shortages at home in the city. Our membership is fair, family, people. They, they don't take strikes lightly. Um, and if dealt with reasonably, they react reasonably. When dealt with harshly, they stand up for themselves. So that's where we're at now. 
Daniel Kane is the president of the local branch of the Teamsters Union, representing the workers at the market. Teamsters 202. The union's large, the Teamsters Union 1.4 million, and we represent all kinds of folks. Well, we represent a lot of warehouse personnel and trucking personnel, but they often, you know, just A to Z, we represent, you know, airline pilots, zookeepers, you know. They may not actually represent zookeepers, but Teamsters is America's largest and most diverse union. That means some solidarity is built into the struggle for better wages. In a video shared by the union on social media, one worker explains how Teamsters members across sectors showed their support. So, as of 7.35 p.m. tonight, CSX trying to deliver 21 freight cars and merchandise into the Osboy market. Our guys, our captains, our union guys came there, asked them to support our union. A locomotive engineer came out, saw them, said, we're Teamsters too. Turned the freight car right back around, headed back to Ohio. The teachers' union, nursing union, Department of Sanitation, and UPS all made appearances to show solidarity at the Hunts Point picket line. As I conducted interviews, loud truck horns periodically interrupted my conversations. These truck drivers are very possibly Teamsters union members, too. Here's Teamsters 202 President Daniel Kane again. Well, I mean, look, workers... um all over the country are dealing with rising health care costs, rising problems, uh, and that's been going on for 30, 35 years, so uh, we're not the only ones who are frustrated with that situation. I enjoy this work because I believe in uh, people. I, I think that regular people, working class people, are um, worth the battle, worth the struggle, and that struggle's been a, a, a career for me. It's been what I've done for 30 years, and what, you know, well, I remember, for example, where I get satisfied when a, when a worker here at the market says to me, and, the, and many of us said, Dan, you know, with my overtime, I, I made $60,000 last year, and I had health insurance, and I had a pension, and you, nobody in my family's ever made 30, and my kid's going to college. Our organization's played a, a role in that. In my mind, that's a life worth living in helping people. Daniel works with various local union members, but has a personal connection to Hunts Point. My first job I ever had, like real job, was working here. I was 16. 1981 was my first year in there. My first summer, and then I came here after high school and started working, and that's been here most of my life. My grandfather worked in this industry. My brothers, we've all, we've all contributed and toiled in here, and, and we're proud of it. I visited the picket line the morning after local congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez made a speech at the strike for going Joe Biden's inauguration ceremony in D.C. to show her support. She says it's not an accident that the strike overlapped with Martin Luther King Day. It is not an accident. It's not a coincidence. And I think about one of the last remarks that Martin Luther King gave, and it was a speech called To the Mountaintop. Now, we know about the struggle for civil rights, but you know one of the things that we're talking about is how often King's legacy gets whitewashed and looked through with rose-colored glasses. Because what was King doing on that last day and that last speech? He was standing up, just like Jumaati said, standing up with sanitation workers and the Union for Sanitation Workers, demanding better working conditions, demanding an end to poverty, demanding an end to war, demanding, demanding a better material and just outcomes for all people in the United States. The statement from Representative Ocasio-Cortez led to greater political support for the strike. 
she also encouraged community members to pull up and bring resources. I met a volunteer who was working with the Democratic Socialists of America to deliver and serve food to those picketing. We cooked breakfast this morning. We had uh, breakfast tacos with eggs on the grill. We've been really resourceful. I think people have been fed, felt supported, and this is what community looks like. I talked to Bianca Cunningham as she stood behind five fold-out tables, topped with water bottles, coffee, bagels, and granola bars. It was about 3 p.m., and she'd been on site since the night before. When I first heard that they were on strike, um, it affected me because my uh, cousin was a truck driver who died of COVID in his truck um, driving cross-country last April. And so hearing about their experiences um, and what they've been, you know, putting it all on the line for to provide food for the rest of New York City is so, like, moving to me. And I know that, like, it's not easy to show up every day um, like that. And then also, you know, what immediately, like, you know, brought me here physically was seeing the video of the NYPD attacking them on the line. I was, like, very moved by that. I thought, um, you know, I thought cops have labor unions. They should understand and I immediately wanted to come and defend um, these workers who have the right, you know, to do what they're doing. The NYPD arrested six strikers in the early hours of Tuesday, January 19th, for blocking a roadway. They were given summonses for disorderly conduct and released. Following that incident, the strike continued peacefully until its finish, without major disruption. On day five of the strike, when I was at the picket line, pressure was building as the possibility of food shortages lingered. I feel like when we say that workers are essential, we should really mean that, and that means that we should support them whenever they're standing up to demand a dollar. And New York is a union town as long as we defend it to be a union town. The produce markets management said in a statement that, quote, despite all of these challenges, we are very proud to have kept our union workers the vast majority of whom live right here in the Bronx, working and on payroll with full health benefits, end quote. The strike did not ultimately have a strong impact on the food supply chain, but it may have a ripple effect in national discourse about the treatment of essential workers. Essential workers carry a heavy burden, and Hunts Point may not be the only strike this year. Bloomberg Law reports that in 2021, 450 collective bargaining agreements are set to expire. This includes contracts for airline workers, the U.S. Postal Service, teachers, and grocery store employees. Kroger has two Midwestern contracts that will be renegotiated in March that cover 35,000 workers, many of whom are represented by the United Food and Commercial Workers Union. This union also represents the 10 Instacart workers in Illinois, who were the first and only Instacart workers to unionize in the country. These 10 employees were all fired this past week, when Instacart cut approximately 2,000 jobs. As the pandemic creates greater strain on our food system, all of us eating in at-home quarantines have become increasingly isolated from the people and processes that make our meals possible. The food on our plates feels more distant from those who grew it than processed, distributed, stocked, and perhaps even delivered it to our doors. The pandemic led these workers to be labeled as essential. And almost a year later, many are fighting for their pay to reflect that. Thanks for listening to The Big Food Question. Stick around to hear what makes our show possible. 
This episode is brought to you by PASA Sustainable Agriculture. Cultivating environmentally sound, economically viable, and community-focused farms and food systems. PASA Sustainable Agriculture's annual conference is one of the largest gatherings of sustainable farmers, food system professionals, and changemakers in the nation. The 2021 virtual conference takes place January 19th to February 5th and features more than 90 sessions on topics that include soil health, climate change, crop production, livestock grazing, urban agriculture, community building, food justice, and much, much more. Don't miss keynote speaker Robin Wall Kimmerer, scientist and author of Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants. Learn more about PASA Sustainable Agriculture's 2021 virtual conference and register online at pasafarming.org conference. Don't forget to subscribe to The Big Food Question wherever you get your podcasts. Check back often as we address critical questions for eaters, operators, and workers across food topics and business sectors. If you have questions you'd like the show to answer, email us at question at heritageradionetwork.org. The Big Food Question is produced by Katie Mosman-Wadler, Kat Johnson, Hannah Forden, Dylan Hoyer, Matt Patterson, Luke Griffin, and Jenny Dorsey. This episode's executive producer was me, Dylan Hoyer. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. Our theme song was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. The Big Food Question is powered by Simplecast. The content of this series is provided for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. You should obtain professional or specialist advice before taking or refraining from any action on the basis of this content. This project is funded in part by a Humanities New York CARES grant with support from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Federal CARES Act. This program is also supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. The Big Food Question is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.